Welcome to Slayer Fest 98. I'm your host, Ian Carlos Crawford. And I'm your other host, Matthew Rodriguez. And today we are joined by two very special guests. We have returning guest, uh, writer. I'm Rachel Verona Cody. And we have up and coming internet person. <laughs> Hi, I'm Ira Madison III. <laughs> Yay! Yay! <laughs> Um, so Rachel, you've been on before, um, so we don't need a Buffy origin from you, but Ira, could you give us your Buffy origin story? Well, so I knew I was coming on and, uh, just, you know, watched this episode today. So never seen it before. (laughs) Uh, Mm -hmm. um, when, when did I watch? You know what? I started watching Buffy before season two. We were rerunning season one on the WB on like Fridays or something. And the first episode I saw was The Pack. Oh boy. Then I kept going. So. (laughs) I feel like that's like kind of a rough season one episode too. I like that episode. Oh yeah. (laughs) Me and my controversial opinions, I guess. Oh Lord. Well, today we're here to discuss season five's Crush. It's like a weird episode in the middle of... Like, all these, like, intense Glory episodes where, like, Glory's gonna murder everyone, everything's intense. I feel like it's, like, a little spike break, which I appreciate. Um, Mm -hmm. The opening, to me, I don't know how you guys felt, felt, almost felt like it could have been a scene from season three, like, post-Angel when they're at the bronze, and it's, like, Oz and Willow and Cordelia and Xander. Mm -hmm. That's what that reminded me of. When I was watching it, I was at least happy that they decided to go with the continuity and say that the bronze had to reopen after Olaf. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, thumbs up for making sure that that is sound. Glossy remodel. (laughs) Yeah, no, they, and yeah, even when they remodeled, I was like, oh, so you decided to kind of be like a little bit more hip? I don't know. It doesn't seem like something that like this little club in Sunnydale would even, that like, it was like a pink new logo or something. It was weird. It also kind of reminded me of season six a little bit, um, just because it's it's Buffy on the outside, sort of watching her friends, and um, I don't know. It, it it made me think about the the sort of turn in in this season. She hasn't she hasn't met the first Slayer yet. No. Yeah. No, no, she has. Oh, yes, a little bit. In Restless. She met her, yeah, in Restless. Yeah, but she, right. hasn't, she hasn't done the vision quest, basically. Right, oh, right. right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so she's, so, so Death I guess it doesn't exist. Yeah, so, so she hasn't had, she hasn't had that, like, big, uh, big event uh, yet, but it's, you know, whether, uh, whether there's any continuity there or not, I, I feel like this is such a, Uh, Well, obviously, I have very strong uh, feelings about this season. I don't know. I felt like it was a little bit of a gesture to to the extent to which there's always going to be a little bit of a chasm between Buffy and her friends because she has certain responsibilities, certain things weighing on her, certain burdens that Mm -hmm. they can't possibly, that they couldn't, they can only understand to a certain certain extent. Yeah. Well, she says later in the episode, and it's kind of interesting what we were talking about, that this episode is kind of a reprieve from glory. But she also later in the episode, you know, when the when the train thing happens, she like says that she doesn't want to say or no, well, she tells Tara, don't say her name. Yeah. Yeah. Then, like the, they're going through great pains kind of to like 
be sensitive about it because we just did get off the episode where like Dawn was cutting herself to find out if she was human. Yes. So like Buffy is like kind of going through this traumatic period and (laughs) it's kind of representative of like how I guess a person who is going through this traumatic period would act when they go out with their friends because she still is kind of closed off from them. Yeah, sure. I mean, I like the throwback. I mean, especially since Drusilla was back, it felt like a classic you know, we start the episode with the gang at the bronze. Yeah. Um, and, you know, then we do the whole, you know, investigating it. Even though, I, I will say, like, earlier when the series had, um, you know, more of a procedural element. Like, there was, like, mm-hmm. the actual, like, oh, let's investigate this and find out what happened. And rewatching this episode, it's like, they really could not give a fuck about what happened on that trip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They, oh, yeah, no. Like, take their, they take their leisurely time going to the train, and then they're just hanging out on it. They don't even see Drusilla's doll on it. I was like, what are you doing, yeah. girl? <laughs> yeah, because she, get, she gets so wrapped up in the whole, oh, Spike's in love with me. What am I, what am I going to do? And then Sander, like a fool, is just like, tee hee 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 but wait, so I before we move ahead, I wanted to point out, this is one of the moments where I actually get a little annoyed with Buffy. When Spike goes and sits down next to her, and she's like, why are you sitting next to me? And it's like, you know, two episode, two or three episodes ago, you just left your mom and your sister in his chair. An episode yeah. ago, he helped you find your sister. And like, now you're like, you can't sit with us? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I... I also think that she, because she does have a comment later in this thing that she says, like, I'm not paying you. Like, all of those things that you talked about were, most of them were, like, paid transactions. Like, when she babysat, when he babysat her mom and sister and stuff like that. So maybe she's, like, she's, like, I'm willing to to consort with you, but only under the guise of capitalist exchange. (laughs) (laughs) Strictly business, nothing else. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, they she meets Ben there, and like they keep trying to pretend that she's interested in Ben. And then Ben is wearing the ugliest outfit I've ever seen, and he actually <laughs> makes the joke about his wardrobe. He's like, I have more clothes than just my scrubs, and it's like, do you? Because it's hideous. So, what is really funny about that, too, is that I remember even watching the season and being like, <laughs> listen, Ben in this ugly ass haircut is like, <laughs> this is not the move. Although, <laughs> I kept watching this and thinking about how fucking hot Ben is on How to Get Away with Murder right now. <laughs> like, he is the sexiest man on that show. <laughs> and then you look at him on Buffy and you're like, this glow-up was real. <laughs> like, he literally looks like he had to go to work that day and before, he went to Supercuts in the mall. <laughs> and like, and got a bowl cut. To, and then decided to stop by, like, uh, Aeropostel for now. <laughs> but speaking of his outfit, too, I love how when Spike sits down, he's wearing, like, a beige shirt underneath his leather. Right? <laughs> this is him trying to be, like, light and friendly now that he's <laughs> in love with Buffy. I know, I noticed that in this episode, in the first 12 minutes, he wears two different outfits that are not his all-black. Yeah. What's the next scene? We go to, um... Oh, yeah, so she tells Tara not to say... Lori's name, and then we see the train. Which, I don't know how Sunnydale is the end of the line at a major train station. Yeah. Yeah. Right. When no one got off, I was like, okay, I mean, who's getting off 
the train at Sunnydale at like 1 a.m. And also, why were so many people going to Sunnydale in the first place? Like, I know that obviously we, you know, suspension of disbelief, uh, you know, because we needed the element of horror. Uh, but yeah, come on. Like, that train was full. <laughs> so there's a line right before they cut. So it's something obviously they do on Buffy all the time where they make a, like a funny comment or there's a line and then they cut to something that is supposed to come after it that makes sense so when spike right before they cut to the train spike says like you could ever hurt me and he's making reference to like the last person who hurt him is drusilla but then drusilla is not in the train scene so i feel like in a previous version of the script they might have shown right away that it was drusilla on the train or something yeah Because it doesn't act, the cut doesn't actually make sense. Like the joke is supposed to be the person who's coming to town is the one who hurt me, but they don't give you that. They should have too, because like as soon as it comes back from the opening credits, it's like special guest star Julia Landau. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we know she's in the episode. Ira, also, I, she was in the promo. Ira, I feel like you and I talked on the WB originally. I feel like you and I talked about this on Twitter once. How like. Buffy taught us not to look at those, like, special guest stars because it always spoiled it. They always ruined it. Yeah. And this is the only thing I like about, you know, like, like modern TV and, like, not showing the credits and stuff anymore. It's like you, you sort of miss the – those surprises hold up now yeah. in the way that they used to never on TV before. Because I remember I would, I would look just because I'd be like, ooh, who's going to be in this episode? Because, like, you know, sometimes it would be, like, maybe just a flashback of Drusilla, but I like seeing her, so <laughs> – yeah, it is weird that they did. I feel like because she doesn't actually come in, like we don't see her in the episode until about like I think fifteen twenty minutes. Yeah, which is like weird yeah, for an episode. You're supposed of- to know because you see Miss Edith, right? But, like right. you don't need to see her. Yeah. <laughs> so after the train scene, um, Buffy comes home and Giles is there, which is weird, but okay. Right. Um, I yeah right. I put that on my notes. Like I get that she wants someone who knows things, but, like, literally, what will Giles do if Glory smashes their door open? Yeah. But like, also, it's like, hey, Giles, watch my mom, because I want to go drink. A- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> also, I feel like, was, like, was Giles trying to get it in with, with her while, she, while he was there? Like, <laughs> like, were they like, Dawn, stay down here and watch TV? <laughs> I feel like he was a little touchy about, um, well, when Joyce says, oh, you know, I feel so much safer now that you're back, Buffy. And Giles is like, oh, well, you know. And and I mean, obviously, but uh, yeah, I, I think there was a little bit of uh, indignation there. I think he, he felt like his, uh, his manliness had been, you know. To be fair, Giles gets knocked out every week. So <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I would have literally anyone else besides <laughs> Giles watch me that is a sure sign that you're about to get kidnapped <laughs> yeah. um, because like he just would get if glory was there to kill them he would just also get killed like yeah right um but i i do think it's cute giles is such a good dad i mean i like that he's the one that's like no treat dawn like normal like you know don't be easy on her um yeah. which then leads us to the hilarious buffy thinking dawn stole her sweater and we find out that spike stole it creepy as hell engages in a game of uh like role playing with harmony i cannot imagine being like oh my boyfriend wants us to role play as his crush that's a person he knows like it's not like a celebrity it's like a person he knows (laughs) 
but I love her jumping out of the shadows and doing like her really bad Slayer audition. Yeah. I think I think Mercedes McNabb has like such good like comic timing. She's so good. She's great. I miss her. I know. Where's right? she at? Amber Benson told us that she thinks that she retired. Oh, because it doesn't make sense that like Mercedes would not American horse. Yeah. <laughs> she would be yeah, great. Actually, there was a role in cult that should have been her and should have, she should have been Billy Eichner's wife. Oh my gosh. <laughs> mm-hmm. She would be perfect as one of those characters. Oh, so, oh, right. Then we get the really, really on the nose, Tara and Willow and Buffy discussing the hunchback of Notre Dame. Yes. I love yeah. it, but I want to know what you guys all thought. Why are they reading Hunchback? <laughs> yeah, I really. Yeah, yeah I don't what really know course is that, what course is this? Yeah, right. yeah. I also because I'm a huge nerd. I I know that I thought this the first time, and apparently, uh, this part of me is just never is never going to die because. Uh, I feel like this little twinge of, oh God, Buffy, you haven't read the book yet. It's so long. You're so <laughs> fucked. You're, you're going to fail that test. And obviously that's not, you know, that's not what's critical here, but I mean, uh, that's me and Mrs. Dalloway back in college. So <laughs> <laughs> it felt if real. Try, if you try really hard, you can finish Mrs. Dalloway in like a solid afternoon. Uh, I could not. <laughs> I did like, I did like the thread of, I don't know what fucking class it is. I don't even remember Buffy's major. Uh, it, well, she dropped out, so whatever. Yeah. Uh, but I love this thread of the fact that they're in some sort of class about French. <laughs> out of my mind, they were talking about Robespierre. Yeah. So I'm like, they're, they're doing some sort of French class. French literature. And I wonder if, yeah. yeah. I wonder if, like, in the writer's room, they knew what <laughs> class it was. Yeah. Or if they were just like, it's funny that we're constantly referencing French things. <laughs> so the other thing that I thought was odd about the scene is like, there's so many ways for Buffy to learn about the information. I don't understand why they choose to have her steal a newspaper from a student <laughs> and like why she is able in like a millisecond to see the headline and like, be like, Oh, I'll make the decision to take this out of this person's hand. It is also like, they could have easily had it on a TV in the student center. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you said, Ira, it's really weird because it. Tr- I feel like it does try to do the procedural, like, oh, there's a mysterious demon, but, like, we knew it was mm-hmm. Drusilla. We knew mm-hmm. what was happening. And, like, they're really phoning it in with trying to do that part of the, sh- the episode. Sure. But uh, also speaking as, like, a... A person writing on a TV show. Oh. Um, I will say that I assume the the earlier scene probably had a TV or something in it. And, you know, it's just always this impulse to not do a scene that everyone always sees. Mm-hmm. Right. And the visual of Buffy snatching the newspaper from a student is very funny. Yes. It's also very her. Like, yeah, I love whenever in the show she just like nonchalantly does something to someone, <laughs> and they're like, "What? She's so rude." <laughs> yeah, I was just about to say that. Like, she Buffy is an extremely rude person, so it does. It does. Which is like it, it fits in the beginning. Like, I mean, I get it. Yes, like Spike is evil, but it's also like 
He sat down next to you, and she, her first impulse was just to be rude as hell. <laughs> it, would be, it would be great if she saw the headline on the paper and then went over to, like, the Student Center TV and changed the channel from what everyone was watching. <laughs> to watch do them. that! Yeah. Like, she'd just walk over and be like, sorry, gotta use this. And then, just, like, everyone's out in the middle of watching, like, the end of, like, a baseball game. <laughs> uh, so... I actually really love the Dawn Spike scene that we get after this. I think it's, like, really cute and, like, I don't know. I I think that Dawn's crush on Spike is one of the first, like, very authentic teen things that feel, like, very teen to me in this that Dawn does this season. Uh, because, you know, most of the time she's either crying, yelling at Buffy, or, be, like, doing something that's maybe kind of annoying. Although I'm a Dawn Wait. apologist. But no, I mean, I don't mind Dawn, but I, I will say that they largely wrote Dawn like she was 10, yes, and not yeah. a teenager, yes, because it's well, like she was supposed to be 12 originally, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. and then they aged her because of Michelle, but it's also like she's not too far from like the age that Buffy and them were in season one, and none, none of those characters were running around crying and screaming all the time, right? Yeah, yes. <laughs> uh. For Don was just admittedly off for how old she's supposed to be. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I like you know Spike's like, what are you doing here? And when she's like, oh well, you don't talk. To, you talk to me like I understand things. I feel like that like feels real, right? Like a teenager, of course, would have a crush on this hot guy who doesn't talk down to her. Um, I mean, I I would have that crush as a teenager slash as the thirty five year old I am now. So like. I so one of the things that I catch in this scene is that I feel like you know the Buffy writers are always talking about how early they plant things and how far away they know and like this always feels like they're setting up the fact that he's eventually going to get his soul. Yes, he's basically saying to Don that like you can become something better than what you are. And whenever we have Jane Spencer on, we had her on twice now. She always is really like a big proponent of Spike mm. and saying Spike is good and he kind of has a soul or not that he does sorry he doesn't have a soul but he's kind of like more than just a, yeah. a regular vampire and he's not like wholly evil yeah mm -hmm. and so that like I feel like that they're kind of setting up that Spike is going to go on this quest to be better for Buffy and it's interesting that he says it in this episode because he does a lot of like shitty things this episode but then he mm -hmm. also is saying, like, I, it doesn't matter how you start. You can always be become something more. Well, he's starting to have, uh, or not, maybe not starting, but he's really um, in, I think, at this point, in the depths of an identity crisis, which yeah. is sort of uh, borne out by his sort of hanging with Drusilla briefly. Right. And so mm -hmm. he flirts with the idea of, you know, going big bad again, but, you know, ultimately is, you know, his feelings for Buffy sort of pull him the other way. But yeah, he, I think he's, he's struggling with that. And it does, yeah, it does sort of bring up the question of like, are all vampires created equal? I don't, you know, like, are they all <laughs> equally evil? Like, right. are they all, does demonism manifest itself in like, the same way in each right. in each vampire because you know a lot of the vampires that we see on the show that are just like dumb yeah like there's obviously I mean we know that some are more powerful than others have more like emotional 
intelligence than others too. Mm-hmm. I feel like well, a lot I of them are, are dumb because they were just like SoCal teenagers who were turned. True. <laughs> yeah. Like well, sixteen-year-old. That, but kids. also they're they're so young too. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like you you could see any of those random extras being smarter if they live as long as Spike and Angel, yeah. Angel, you know, like these are, pe- yeah. these are people who have survived as vampires since like the 1600s. Uh, so right. I feel like, yeah, the demon evolves, you know, uh, it's probably also easier for people like that because the bloodlust probably isn't strong initially. You know, if you spent centuries just like sort of killing people, like, it could get boring, you know. <laughs> uh, it's easier. It's it's maybe easier to be more malleable, I guess, for Spike than say if a new vampire got a chip in their head. You know, that's true. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> did you all think the sixteen candles pose was on purpose? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I was like, am I reading too much into this? I feel like this has to be on purpose. Yeah. Um, cause I, I mean, of course I did, but I like loved that. I like forgot. I hadn't rewatched mm-hmm. this episode in a while. Also a thing that I had forgotten. I like forgot. I think I thought that Spike and Harmony broke up in Fool for Love when she's like, you're just going to go get beat up by the Slayer. You're not actually going to kill her. And she's like, you're so sensitive. Don't come crying back to me. Cause we don't see her again until this episode. It's, it is weird, yeah. right? I mean, it's sort of a thing where it's like, if they were writing it, they were probably just like, eh, no one's going to assume that we can just do it. Yeah, that's And no true. one will question <laughs> it, you know? Uh, instead of instead of writing, because what they would have had to do that is like, either write a scene in the beginning of this that explains that she's still there, yeah. which is taking up screen time, or just pay the it. actors to be in another episode to show them back together. So, And with that budget, they don't want to do that. <laughs> Um, Certainly not. I was surprised <laughs> that they dressed up that little basement. At this time. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, a new set." And I, I do really like. Uh, so okay, so we just talked about this. I talked about this before, but like Buffy immediately when Joyce says that Dawn didn't come home, the first person she goes to is Spike, and I'm like, "See, you just said he couldn't sit with you, and again, we're doing this." Um, but I do love. Dawn and Buffy's conversation because I like when Dawn is insightful because we don't get that that often, right? Mm-hmm. I love the I love also that like Buffy sees the paper during the day about the train and then has to go find Dawn and all of a sudden it's like midnight and then she's like I'll just go see the train tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> like this like cold <laughs> yeah. Like during the day, like Buffy would before would have like ditched school, yeah, to go check out the train, right? And now it's like been a full twenty four hours. All of, like there's ta- there's like the co- the police tape where the bodies were and stuff. Like in the old days, she would have been there with the bodies, looking yeah. at their necks. I also really like that scene, right? Like I think we get I, like I like Xander this season. Um, we get this good scene between the two of them. And I like that she's... fine. (laughs) (laughs) I I just like them, like... I don't know, she's, like, talking to him, and I like her pouting in the, like, body outline on the chair. Yes. very funny. Yes, that was a great moment. That's, like, a very Buffy moment for me. Yeah. Like... (laughs) Again, just, like, 
like she's kind of self-absorbed. So yeah, she's she she is gonna sit down in this chair with somebody <laughs> who's brutally murdered and just be like, Me, my feelings, my problems. And of course Xander's gonna be jealous that a teenage girl does not have a crush on him. Right. Yeah. Like I thought that I was Dawn's Sun, Moon, and Stars. In his also I did not miss this era of clothing. <laughs> I'm like, you forget, you for, you would have been hard pressed to know that Nicholas Brendan back then, like, had a good body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yes. Because because he, he is in these oversized sweaters <laughs> and the pants, the pants. Yeah. They were in like... Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah. I is Los Angeles. <laughs> Where's his t-shirt? Yes. Well, and and just. No, I was like, what? I don't I don't even remember this. Like, were we ever in a moment where cargo pants that were like two sizes too big, like that, was that? Was that cool? Yeah. It, yeah. I also, yeah. I do. Yeah, okay, sadly. okay, maybe <laughs> I, so on, for, on my side of uh, things in terms of the sartorial stuff, I do very viscerally remember the whole like lingerie top as like yeah. top moment like Buffy is wearing that like red number and I was like oh god college I would have worn I would have worn that to like so many frat parties like if you yeah. google if you google like early 2000s red carpets and just look at like what celebrities were wearing to red carpets <laughs> between the years 2001 and 2004 it's, it's like dark like, it's, it's, a, <laughs> yeah. it's a dark it's a dark moment in American history <laughs> I <laughs> As, like, a closeted, like, 19-year-old, 18-year-old, I remember thinking it was, like, the peak of fashion. <laughs> like, I loved those kind of tops. I also do like the way Dawn denies having a crush on him, but then laughs and is like, well, he's got cool hair and wears leather coats. Because, like, that's me. That's me talking about a guy. <laughs> right. And then... <laughs> So here's the point. I think that Buffy is largely rude in this episode. Uh, until then, Spike is just like at her house. And I'm like, all right, bitch. Like, don't waltz into my house, though. <laughs> and just like be sitting on my kitchen counter talking to my mom. Yeah. <laughs> and also, I think Spike is like a touch rude to Joyce. Like, he's basically being like, Joyce, your story was boring. Please shut up. <laughs> I love the evolution of their relationship from yes. um, from becoming mm-hmm. yeah. to this. It, I do, like, appreciate... It's weird, and I like it, that, like, Dawn and Joyce are kind of the only ones that, like, treat Spike like normal, and maybe Tara. Like, they're the only ones that, like, mm-hmm. talk to him... Like, they're not just, like, always being nasty to him. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, Xander is always being nasty to him, but Xander's an asshole. It's because, um, it's and because, he's and he's jealous. Yes, and he, he's yes. completely jealous. He's jealous of, I mean, especially like any any guy with supernatural ability. I think Xander is immediately going to be just fussy around him. Right. Which one of you has a cat? Oh, oh my God! I'm so sorry. Oh no, it's fine. <laughs> Hobo, you need to. Sh- Hush. <laughs> yes, that is my cat. It's her. It's her dinner time. So she's, she, she's our fifth guest today. She's our she's our fifth part in the podcast. It's fine. It's telling that Xander was never really jealous of Riley. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I oh, yeah. He, was, he was like, uh, this yeah, they were kind of buds. Yeah. yeah. 
who are not threatening at all. It's <laughs> <laughs> the best day in Xander's life when Riley actually like straight up says she doesn't love me. And Xander's like, oh yeah. Like, You're right. She doesn't. <laughs> so You're like, I know she doesn't. <laughs> So then after Spike kind of tells Buffy about this intel, they go into this car scene. And I love this scene so me much. Too. <laughs> I, well, it's interesting because just a few episodes ago, you had that, that whole thing where like Buffy told her friends about Dawn and she was like, act cool. And then you see Buffy so tense when she has this information that Spike has a crush on her and she yeah. can't. Yeah, like, she's very, very jumpy, like, when he goes for the glove box and he thinks that she, Like, does she think he's about to, like, touch her? I don't, I don't yes. know. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I think he thinks... She thinks he's going to make a move. Yeah. Like, I don't know what she thought he was going to do. Like, right. <laughs> grab her boob? Like... <laughs> right, yeah. What was he... Could, what could he have been going yeah. for? Well, yeah. What was he grabbing at? I, I don't know. <laughs> What's funniest, I don't know if, like, he made up this intel or he, like... It's dumb sometimes, and he legitimately right? thought that it might be a lead. I was wondering that too, Ira, because I was like, yeah. I mean, there are vamps there, so he could just be like, you know, dr- like grasping at straws, like, oh, now she'll hang out with me because look, there are vampires. They probably did it. Yeah. Hey, so it might have been a little bit of the two. That's true. I actually feel like he was kind of vindicated because when he, when they, after she leaves, like, Drusilla is there. That's true. So I think that, if anything, Drusilla was, like, the intel he got was correct, but Buffy was so jumpy about, I think the the show's making a comment that Buffy, like, Spike was correct, but Buffy was so jumpy about being with Spike that she didn't even actually stay to investigate, because if she had just gone to the dark corner of the room, they would have found Drusilla. He's at his crypt when he does, that's him going back to his crypt upset, and then she's at his crypt. Oh, okay, I thought they were in the same place. Yeah, it's the crypt. But I, I actually, I want to talk about this scene because I do love this Spike-Buffy argument. Like, I remember watching this episode and actually, like, I remember watching it when it aired and being kind of annoyed at Buffy. Mm-hmm. Not that it's, because it's like, this is my complicated relationship with Spike, right? Because all season he has been a stalker. He has been, like, negging her and kind of being a dick. But right. also he has been... Like, I feel like there's never a level of, okay, you have saved my sister. Okay, you have, like, you literally took care of my family. Um, it, it, they right. have, like, a very weird relationship this season. And in this scene, it feels like, I don't think he's being too crazy, right? Like, he's just saying, I like, I, like, I mean, he says, he's about to say I love, and she's like, don't. But I, I know he's sniffing her sweater yeah, and right. stuff, but, like, Elio did that, too, and everybody <laughs> thought it hot and probably by your name. Yeah. It's, yeah, it is, it's, it's, it's difficult, because I, I feel for him, too, but then you have, and maybe this is just where my head is now, especially, uh, given... Right. Uh, current circumstances, but we have this very strange continuity because, and I, uh, not to jump ahead too far, but we go from Spike tying up Drusilla and Buffy and freaking out about, you know, crazy, crazy bitches. And then in the, and then in the next episode, we have, you know, uber misogynist Warren right. and his, you know, and his love bot. And I, so there is, you know, there is this sort of toxic mass, uh, 
white masculinity. Yeah. It's almost kind of predicting the rise of like incel culture because yeah. like, Spike is just someone who like had one negative interaction with Buffy and then he meets Warren who's a total incel. Yes. <laughs> and like Warren drags him into that world where like Spike doesn't need to be. Mm-hmm. But part of it too is, and I mean, this is a whole other conversation. But, you know, it's like when you talk about revisiting Buffy and we talk about it as a feminist show um, and then we look at the context, Joss Whedon and what we know about him uh, and what we just know about straight men, straight white men in general. I largely feel like when you look back on a lot of Spike scenes, I don't think that they think that Spike is as misogynistic as he comes off. Um, Yeah. um, Yeah. Because there's scenes in this where it's sort of like, Yes, he's cute, uh, and yes, you're sort of supposed to be on his side, but, you know, yes, how quickly he turns to, like, you crazy bitches, and then how easily they integrate him back into mm-hmm. the right. gang. And even jumping ahead, like, season, season six, when he goes to get his soul, you know, um, I always hate how that season ends with him being like, I'm going to get that bitch what she deserves. You know, it's like, right. I don't ever think that they realize how misogynistically they're writing Spike. Well, then, and and there's also kind of, like, overt and subtle, because they're, like, I think a a lot of what you hit on is, like, kind of even, like, the overt misogyny, and then there's also, like, Spike fulfills this idea that we get a lot in, like, depictions of straight male longing, that, like, if you want someone long enough and you just play the long game, that you'll get them, and it's, like... That's basically Xander, too. Several times. Well, and and like, when you hear no, you, uh, you should be like, okay, she's not interested. But but like they kind of do this wish fulfillment thing that straight men get so often, where it's like, well, if I just want her hard enough, like I will eventually get her. I mean, also that something that just that really made me queasy that I I I'm sure I totally overlooked the first time I watched this episode was when Joyce. Well, yes, when she said that he Buffy, did you did you lead him on and yeah. I, I mean and I'll that and I'll gross just, me out so much and I'll and I'll just be like really frank um my uh the guy who did some real shit to me in high school my mom was so supportive when when it all went to hell but she did ask me that at one point I I remember I, mean, I or something to the effect of you know do you think you could have been nicer to him or something? Right. And, yeah. and, it, and it, I, I heard that line in a completely different way. And, right. uh, but I think just sort of, yeah. it, it goes to what you all are talking about, um, you know, incorporates, uh, incorporated into this sort of white male, white straight male longing narrative. Well, and, 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 I, and I wrote a note that like, about like, what does it mean to watch this in the Me Too era? Because yeah. not only did she ask him, like, did what did you do? She, they, I think it's Willow who says like, he could become violent. Yeah. Who that, but it's like, that also has so many more levels to it, watching it now. Like, yeah. Because mm-hmm. right now, like, I mean, and knowing what he and knowing what he does to her too. Yeah, yes, exactly. Right. And and he doesn't get banned from the house after he does that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as a Buffy Spike fan for a lot of their relationship, um, I post that episode. Um, you know, seeing Red um, when I wa- rewatch it, you know, it's completely off that train. Yeah, yeah. you know. 
we get that scene, and I Willow. I I always say that it's Willow and Buffy really do portray really good best friends because I love Willow. Like, I mean, at this point, Willow, you know, she has some magic, but we haven't seen her do a lot. So really, what could she do to, like, back Buffy up? Teleport and spell, too. <laughs> True. What they're talking about, you know, you doing too much magic. Yeah, you're at it. <laughs> so then we get... She's also, she's, she's like, reaching, like, peak babe at this point. I also have to just... Oh, Willow's so hot in yeah, this season. Oh, my God, I'm... Ah, Allison. Okay, but also the yes. outfit she's wearing is absurd. She's wearing like a yes. gray, a like brown cardigan and like a pink scarf. <laughs> she's still working that shit out. <laughs> uh, they were unfortunately still working out Tara's out. Ugh. Yo. I know. Amber Vincent is such a beautiful woman. Yeah. And it is shocking that for two years they made her look so downtrodden and homely on this show. <laughs> this show. Yeah, it's like, is this what they there. thought lesbians wore? <laughs> Were they like, lesbians wear this? I'm like, like what? <laughs> it's, it's just it's so weird too because uh, Amber Benson, is, she's gorgeous and also a curvy woman and they put her in these awful like skirts that make her look like weird and boxy. <laughs> so then we get Drusilla's entrance, which is really good. Um, and I like that we like quickly recap what happened on Angel because I know you haven't watched them, Matthew, but Ira, you've watched all of Angel, right? Yeah, I mean, Angel is that show. <laughs> I've seen Angel up to this point, though. Oh, I know not? it. Okay. Because yeah. I really but like. But it also accentuates the fact that like Buffy should have known that Drusilla and Darla were back. Right. Yes. Yeah. How, how, Where was the phone call? Yes. Yeah. What? <laughs> Angel. Like he. He's. He's really. He's fucking up. <laughs> well, usually. Um, yeah. But so I really like. She's like didn't care for Angela setting us on fire. Like it's such a good quick recap of like. Yeah. yeah that's what happened. Um. But we're good now. We're here in this episode. Um. And. I don't know if you caught Drusilla saying she doesn't believe in science when they're talking about his chip. Uh-huh. I was like, ooh. I did. Inf- Info Wars Drusilla. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, no. Well, to be fair, to be fair, like, science when Drusilla was alive True. was, like, not was not very good. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> like, it, it that was... was back in the day when they, like, believed in just, like, cutting open into like your diseased limb and like introducing it to more diseases. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, put a leech if, on it. If science were around back then, Drusilla probably wouldn't be crazy. <laughs> yeah. She'd have had a therapist. <laughs> right. Like she had consumption and like their, you know, like all of their medicine for it was like de- deadly. Um so then we get I this is like I love the scene of harmony coming in. Yeah. I I just I wish my biggest complaint would be I wish we had gotten more scenes of like Harmony and Drusilla having to be in the same room because they're so yeah. like such polar opposites and they're even their acting styles are so different but they still like of course fit in the universe. Poor Harmony. I I genuinely feel bad for her because at first she's like I told you no threesomes unless boy boy girl. <laughs> or Charlize Theron. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And her calling her Morticia Adams. Which, same. (laughs) (laughs) And, like, when she said Morticia Adams, I forgot. And I was like, (gasps) and that totally had to be on purpose, right? Because Mercedes McNabb was in both Adams families. Oh. 
good catch. Mm-hmm. Maybe, I mean, maybe not because also yeah, it's okay. a fitting. Look, you. <laughs> um, and you Getting know these jokes. <laughs> <laughs> and when Spike kicks her out, and Harmony's like genuinely upset, I'm like, oh, sweetheart, I'm sorry. Like you could do better. Um, she can. She can, right? She can. And she never really does. I mean, she's. Like she tries so hard at Wolfram and Heart too, and, but yeah. she is. But I think she is so good on Angel in that last. She season. is. She's super good. Yeah. yeah. I, honestly, the best thing she did I, was um, rising to the top of that um, food pyramid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so, then what's next? So, um, so then they go out and bite someone. I don't like that Spike still bites the girl that Drusilla kills. Mm-hmm. because it's, again, with the back and forth. I'm like, we need to... But I guess that's Spike's character, right? The back and forth is him, I guess? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I, think, I think we need that just because he is... I mean, it, this is a really, really intense, you know, oscillation between two poles right. for him, and right. he's, like, right in that. Um, so then Yeah, I, you need to know that he's dark. Yeah. Yeah, um... But so then we get Buffy going to talk to him. Uh, it's weird that Buffy seems almost too rattled. Like, I get it, but it, I almost feel like she should be like, Spike, what the fuck is in your basement? Like, it I feels almost un-Buffy for her to be so rattled by his, like, shrine. It's wild. I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I also never really bought, like, Spike having a shrine to her. Right. I, it seems a little bit... It's not, it's not very, it's not very Spike. Right. It's no. not. Yeah. No. It's very Helga from Hey Arnold. Like someone was watching <laughs> and they were like, you know what? Spike not is- Helga. <laughs> um, so then we get, you know, Spike Drusilla shocks Buffy because she can, and then Spike shocks her, ties them both up. Um, and I do really like the scene of him kind of like because this is this is the spike that I feel like makes most sense. Where he's like, "I'm I don't have a soul. I love you, so I'm gonna tie you up and watch make you watch me kill my ex, so that way you know I love you." Like that yeah. fits yeah. more with his character, right? Um, but also, I feel like that's such a like it's such a weird it's this weird <laughs> conception of like he's trying to prove his love by killing someone, which is still right twisted. Know, yeah, right. twisted. So it's like he can't. He doesn't have the 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 self-awareness or the awareness in general to be like, oh, Buffy probably doesn't want to see death because <laughs> her mom is like in the hospital and her, and, or, and like her sister is not a real person and is like in the threat of death all the time. Yeah. So maybe I should plant a tree. And bring <laughs> <laughs> also it's, 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 it's like symptomatic. Uh, clearly like they're, they have season five. James Marsters is very popular. Yeah. Um, and so they're like, Spike's on the show. And, you know, if you're breaking story for Spike and trying to write an arc for him, he's really, at this point, sort of like a character who shouldn't be there anymore. Right. Um, You know, like, he really sort of should have nothing to do with the show anymore. Or at least lead up to this and have, like, something big and he exits. But it's like, how he gets so dark here and creepy and then we go into the Buffy bot stuff and then he's like still around in the finale and they have that sweet moment in the game. I love this season but they were just like all over the place with this arc mm-hmm. and a lot of it uh, smells of we keep Spike on the show because he's popular even sure. though 
realistically, it makes sense for us to write him out of this show. Right. Mm-hmm. I honestly feel like half of his dialogue in this scene, you could play Mad Libs and take things that are on like an incel Reddit and put it <laughs> into what he says and it would like halfway fit. <laughs> Because half of his dialogue is like, what in the bleeding hell? Like, why won't you people love me? Like, why don't you want to be with, like, it's like just all the same kind of like sentiment. Yeah. Um, And, you know, I like, I like Drusilla saying she knew Mm -hmm. uh, that he loved Buffy before he knew. Um, I like that we get those because in those Angel episodes, I don't think we really get a lot of that Drusilla. Um, Mm -hmm. And I like seeing, like, for me, I I wish we could have gotten. She's full on crazy. Yes enchantress in the angel episodes yes but this is more like coherent but also like psychic and you know and then she later on she almost uses the same thing she used on kendra on buffy right um Mm -hmm. but so then as spike's grandstanding about women being crazy quote unquote um harmony comes in and shoots him with a fucking bow and arrow and i love it (laughs) Um, and and he's just like oh you (laughs) And I love her saying, I gave you the best bunch of months of my life. <laughs> <laughs> like, not even a full year, but she's, like, freaking out about it. I love it. Um, yeah, and then so, you know, they have the fight, and Drusilla gets loose. And she, I actually never realized it, but right, I think that's what she's trying to do, the hypnotize thing, when she, like, grabs Buffy's yeah. neck. Uh, mm-hmm. And Spike saves her. It's fun seeing them biting, you know, because you never really get to see Drusilla fight largely when she's been on the show, she was never at full vampire strength. I mean, I still have feelings about that hypnotizing Kendra and killing her. I'm like, whatever, bitch. <laughs> I don't, I, Kendra's a vampire's lair. I don't think it would have happened that quick. Otherwise, yeah. Buffy would have died just as quickly in this episode. That's true. You're not wrong. Um, and I actually put that in my notes. Is this the first time we've actually seen Drusilla and Buffy, like, fight fight? Like, I think it is, right? Yeah, I think maybe she just, yeah, because, um, she she wants to fight Buffy in becoming, but like Spike knocks her out. Yeah. 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 Um and I and so then, you know, Drusilla leaves. And this is like one of those things, right? I'm like, Buffy should be staking everyone in that room. And yeah. she very easily could. Um, so it's weird that she doesn't like she lets Drusilla go, she lets Harmony go, and then punches Spike. Um, uh-huh. We also did not talk about what I would like to call Harmony's last stand, where, like, because this is her last episode in the series, and they kind of bring her to her ultimate kind <laughs> of self-actualization, where <laughs> she is able yeah, to finally be independent. So of, she's finally <laughs> able to be independent of Cordelia and Spike, and she just, like, walks out a better woman. I, yeah. I And I love Buffy just rolling her eyes at it, like Buffy's... Completely fucking yeah. over all of it. Um, yeah. When do we see her? When do we see Harmony again? Season back from Angel. I think I, it's se- season two. Shit, shit, it might be. I think it is season I, two because right. Because I think it's, I think it's right co- after this episode. Like literally, you see her three yes. weeks later on Angel. Yes, because Cordelia calls Willow and they have that funny conversation where she's like, "Oh, I just thought she was a big lesbian," and then Cordelia oh, pauses sh- is like, "Oh, that's great for you." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, oh yeah that's right uh, yeah. so many characters get better when they go to angel yeah i yeah, yeah. I, sorry i think uh, harmony's great on angel so then how do we all feel about the very end the disinvitation spell for me it felt earned but i still felt bad it like, felt earned like you said i could see why she didn't spike i mean why she didn't stake spike yeah. or harmony 
because I mean she knows Harmony and she's also like this bitch uh, <laughs> and I feel like uh, you know her, her sort of code with these vampires like, like she sort of knows like she wouldn't just stake Spike right it sort of is a leap that she doesn't kill him but whatever yeah um I don't see why she doesn't go after Drusilla though and I don't think I don't know why like next episode is a, the gang being like where's Drusilla you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, Rachel, what did you think of that end? Uh, I mean, I, I guess I also think it's, I think it's earned, but, but yeah, I mean, it's just their relationship. I feel like in this, in this episode is just so especially incoherent the way that we've discussed. I, I do think that, um, that Buffy is a little bit unsure of, of how, she feels about Spike. I don't know if that uh, uncertainty is the extent to which there is romance there. I think that she probably is more flattered than she would want to admit Mm -hmm. that he's into her, Mm -hmm. even, you know, even though she's arguing that, you know, that she's repulsed, but you know, there, there is something that draws Spike to, to slayers. And there is something that, draws Buffy to vampires so you know I so it does make sense to me that she that she wouldn't kill him I feel like I just wanted more meditation on why he didn't kill him yes yeah either in this episode or the next one right maybe there's a scene between her and Willow where she's talking about well he did help Dawn and and my mom so that's why I didn't kill him yeah you know like you know that would have been you know like leaving like a real cliffhanger you know like we need we need her to be prodded a little yeah. bit, yes. and and so but she's not, and so mm-hmm. we're just kind of left to you know like these these speculations about what she might be thinking or feeling about it. But yeah, you would, I think, in a better a better version of the episode, Willow would have sort of poked at it a little bit, or uh-huh. you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so that e- yeah, like you said, like even if Buffy doesn't answer that sort of guides our thinking a little bit more right. and yes. instead we we don't we don't get that um okay and so we know he goes full stalker next episode so right right <laughs> um yeah because they, and then the next episode it's not it's not even that much right it's just like oh he's there again she's annoyed at him i remember seeing the trailer i, I love the wb trailers uh, <laughs> yes. i remember the one after this was uh you see them at a party, and she's like, what are you doing here? Um, and then you see someone throwing Spike through a window, and you're supposed to assume that it's Buffy from the trailer, but we've learned that it's April. Uh, okay, so now we're at the end. Um, favorite outfit, Rachel? Favorite outfit? Oh, shit, I did not expect that question. I really did like that. Uh, I did like the cashmere blue sweater. I, uh, but I actually, I do have to say, uh, because it just, it just brought me, it brought me back, um, the red lingerie top with, <laughs> it's with so good. Yeah, <laughs> like, it I, is. I mean, it, even though that's I, my, that's my favorite too. Yeah, <laughs> I too. Like, that look of Buffy in the cave is mm-hmm. just so gothic and iconic in yeah. that outfit. It's perfect. Yeah, it is. It is. It's, it is. And yes. I do. I agree. I think there is like, there's like a total sort of uh, gothic 
thing uh, going on with it with the with the black and the red. And, uh, and then and then it works really well when she begins fighting with Drusilla. Yeah. Like together as a pair, they look they're yes. really really um, aesthetically that that is just really awesome and, and gorgeous. Uh, but but yes, it, it I, I I like it in spite of myself, <laughs> in spite of what you know I. I, I want I want to feel okay. but I I was I was way too into that look uh, to, to be able to deny the truth. All right, so Ira, you're also the same. Yeah, Matthew. I I'm actually I don't know. I feel like I didn't actually care about any of the fashion in this episode. <laughs> I'll be honest, but I am always a fan of everything Harmony wears because it's too much. So I will say the outfit that Harmony wears in her final moments. Matthew, uh, same because. It just very for me that the vest yeah it's so cute it, it the just, vest was too much it's working for me um favorite scene Ira um my scene my favorite scene is the the change moment the um the only chance you had with me was when I was unconscious line that is, is great uh, Rachel yeah I think uh, I think that whole uh, that whole scene I love I love. Uh, Drusilla and Buffy fighting. I just think that. Yeah. Uh, I love seeing Drusilla be a badass and just and Buffy fighting while she's in chains. Just <laughs> and then yeah, I, I think there is the you know the sexy kitten voice leading to the what you know the only chance you've had it with me. I so I I'm I'm pretty much with Ira on this. All right, Matthew. I am going to say that it's not. I'm. I'm going to say my my favorite scene is the one where they're all where Spike, you know, is talking to them all, all right. but not for good reasons. Just because I think it's the meatiest kind of scene in this mm-hmm. episode. A lot happening, but a lot of it is very bad. Um, yeah, I think for me, yeah, it's a tie between that scene, just as I liked all the stuff going on, like not yeah, same, or the like date going to the vampire nest. Yes, because um, I just yeah. I like that scene. I think everyone and everyone's doing great acting. Um, okay, great, it's such a good scene, right? And uh, great for the episode, Ira. I love this episode, but you know, I think it's a I think it's like a B plus. Okay, uh, Rachel. Yeah, I'd say uh, B slash B plus. Okay, Matthew. I'm gonna say B. All right, I'm gonna actually go with a B too. Um, thank you both for joining us. Thank you thank everyone you. for listening. If you'd like no, to, thank you for having me. if you'd like to follow SlayerFest98 on Twitter, we are at SlayerFestX98. Don't forget to subscribe to us and rate us. We are on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and SoundCloud. And if you want to follow Matthew on Twitter, he is at Matthew Rodriguez, one T, a G, and a Z. And if you want to follow Ian, he's on Twitter at Ian X Carlos. Ira, where can they find you? Um, at Ira <laughs> and Rachel at our Verona Cody V O R O N A C O T E. All right, cool. Thank you guys, Great. and thank you everyone for listening. Bye. Bye, Bye y'all. Everybody.